Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Manage print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Where guests receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, and the staff at Roos Chris that orders now sent you. Well, uh, once a month we like to catch up with our next guest because he has experiences that we all wish we did. He's been an NHL GM. He was a number one overall pick in the NHL draft. He started what turned out to be one of the largest hockey agency uh, businesses, period. And he's now an analyst on the NHL Network. We welcome back to the show, Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Not bad. Uh, not bad. Quiet time right now. Uh, a lot of the guys from the state of hockey in Minnesota are out at the lake. Um, the guys, uh, the Boston guys are out in Cape Cod. The AHL guys are in South Carolina right now. Um, and the Western Canadian guys are all in Kelowna. But it still doesn't mean work doesn't get done at this time of year because you you got to grind away, don't you? So true. I'm actually looking forward to coaching in the Beauty League here, which I do every summer. And I do it for one reason. And that reason is I love to get a look at these guys up close and personal when you're standing behind the bench. So you know, there was uh, a, couple of year, a couple of years ago I was try- telling Brian McClellan about uh, Nick Dowd be a great player for your fourth line. They went on to sign him, and uh, he's a really good fourth liner, but I, I love to get that feel of watching these guys just even play in this wide-open style of hockey that they have here in the summer. All right, how many, so you're in Minnesota, how many How many guys, like, how many NHL players are in this beauty league that, that, that this, this thing goes on for like three weeks or something, does it, or how long does it go on for, and how many players participate? A little bit longer than that. And when it's all said and done, it's pretty much about 20 to 25 NHL players. And then you've got that next layer of American League players or NCAA collegiate players that play in the league as well. Yeah. 
That's uh, and so it's a good opportunity to sort of and you know what Perry Pern used to have that here with the three on three in Edmonton, which takes place. It used to take place second. I'm not. Sure, I'm sure it's still going second or third week of uh, August. But you guys get rolling right away here in Minnesota, and that's is that yep. what is that one of the changes from when you sort of came up and played? I mean, guys obviously didn't skate. Uh, when would you have started skating? You know, when you were playing in the mid 1980s. Uh, back then, boy, there were players that didn't bring their equipment home over the summer. <laughs> and they literally would start skating in training camp. But the fact of the matter is I always ran a camp here Oh, that started pretty much about the first week of August. Okay. Uh, nowadays, as you know, these guys are going pretty much 10 and a half to 11 months a year. That's just the reality of it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that's that's what I'm seeing more than ever. All right. Free agency is done, uh, and we're going to hit. I saw a tweet you put out on Colorado. We'll talk a bit about Arizona, a bit about the Oilers as well. Um, maybe not the loudest free agency period. Like, we didn't have a Tavares. I guess you could argue that Panarin was that player. Was that the biggest play that the New York Rangers got Artemi Panarin and John Davidson going from Columbus to New York lands arguably the best player? Yeah, I, I think he did. He certainly landed the best forward that was out there, the guy that has the most impact on a game on a nightly basis, particularly for a smallish or smaller type player that's a winger. Uh, that says a lot about his abilities. He single-handedly, for me, on nights, drove the entire offense for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's a really big get for the New York Rangers, who were already having a pretty good summer, obviously, after winning the lottery or moving up the most of anybody. They didn't win it, but right. the ability to move up from about 13th to 2nd was enormous for them this year. What about, so they get Kako, obviously the Devils uh, get Jack Hughes, but then they get P.K. Subban as well as Wayne Simmons, the overall body of work by Ray Shiro. Uh, I think it's really good, but I think the fact of the matter is uh, they still, you know, they're light on hockey players. When you go through their roster, there's not enough forwards, there's not enough quality D. Uh, the goaltending is a little bit in flux, although Corey Schneider played much better last year, and that's great signs for him coming off some hip work, as he's had done over the last few years. I still think it's going to be tough for that team to make the playoffs, though. Yeah, a tough division as well for them. Uh, Florida Panthers uh, get Strawman on defense, and Bobrovsky in goal, Brett Connolly up front, uh, along with Nola Cherry. Uh, liked a lot of the things Florida did. Obviously, we, in some ways, people were disappointed because we thought, with all the rumors, that they would end up with Bobrovsky and Panera, and that didn't happen. Uh, but they had some money to spend, and they spent it. They were active. If they can continue to somehow find a way to shore up that decor, they could be a playoff team next year. But that would still concern me about them. Um. Just back to the Rangers for a second. They get Truba. Okay, he's going to cost them. You got to think at least seven million bucks. Um, I don't know how much cap space they have. What are they going to do with Shattenkirk? Uh, Shattenkirk will be a very interesting player in terms of what happens with him because obviously they added Fox, right, right from Carolina via Calgary. 
And, you know, when it's all said and done, in theory, uh, Shattenkirk could be their fourth right-handed defenseman, making over $6 million. And that could be problematic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't played well since he's been there. Uh, I think he's a better player than he showed. Uh, down the line, that could be a potential guy that's moved, and the New York Rangers have to pay some cash to move. So you uh, and I think I think someone would get a hell of a player at that point, Bob. I really do. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Uh, you um, you've worn multiple hats during your career in hockey. What did you think about the Montreal Canadiens offer sheet that they made on Sebastian Ajo? Um, either a slight misread of the situation or not really that intent on trying to get the player. It just wasn't penal enough in terms of uh, total amount of money, number one. And number two, the compensation was so neglectful, almost so gross, that the Carolina Hurricanes had to match that offer. So, you know, if you're trying to get the player, then it came up short for me for actually wanting to accomplish that goal yeah. personally. I didn't quite get it. He's a good player. He's worth it. Um, but it wasn't a great effort, in my opinion. Do you envision any more offer sheets? We're joined by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Brian, do you see any more coming? I spoke to some different agents that represent some of these RFAs this morning, and I know they believe it's still a real possibility. Hmm. Uh, do I believe it? Mm. I don't know if I believe it. I certainly would be well aware if I was Toronto or some of the other people that have difficult cap situations or have a multiple things going on, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I was surprised that Montreal did make an offer, and yet, as I said already, I felt like it was slightly underwhelming in terms of actually wanting to end up with the player. All right. You mentioned the Maple Leafs. They made an interesting trade with Colorado, and it's quite the lesson with Colorado. Because, And I'll be the first to admit to it, Brian. Uh, when we went into Colorado in sixteen seventeen, I mean, the Avs were a bad team. They, that was as bad a year as anybody's had for a while. Joe Sackick looked flustered or not engaged at times. And he had the whole situation with Duchesne, which did not come to fruition during the course of the 16-17 season. He traded him at the start of the next year and made an unbelievable trade. Now, I hear they have a heavy analytics department. They got guys like Craig Billington and uh, an underrated guy like Chris McFarlane working there. But Suddenly, the Colorado Avalanche have—they've got one of the best situations for, and they—they they, they land themselves. They got a little bit lucky, I think we can agree on that. But they also nutted up and traded away Duchene in the first place and got a terrific return. And actually, you can argue they were unlucky because they should have had the number one overall pick instead of the fourth overall pick this year. But that's another story. Um, Bottom line, is the whole perception of the league changed on Joe Sackick's work here over the last two years, do you think? Uh, no question about it. John, uh, Joe has done an amazing job. I would argue they got even more lucky by, yes, they had the fourth pick, but the fact is that uh, although I really like Kirby Doc and Alex Turcott for that matter, of that grouping of three players, I had Bowen Byron 
first in that grouping or right. third overall. So I think that was some more good luck for them. Uh, the Cadre trade, um, I can tell you I spoke to a number of teams that I was perplexed as to why nobody was trading for him. I can tell you that a couple of those teams told me that Toronto was steadfast that he wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, that one seemed kind of elementary to pick up a guy like Kadri that's locked into the number that he's locked into for three more seasons while moving a guy like Tyson Berry when you have a ton of cap space. Uh, I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all, but we were talking about that very trade almost exactly on the morning of free agency on NHL Network hours before it. I'm not saying we're smart. I'm just saying that it seemed inevitable and obvious. Yeah. And uh, good for the Colorado Avalanche for doing it. They had the cap space. They had the assets. And uh, it's really a trade that I think will work out in the next year. Good for both teams. And then not so good for Toronto when Tyson Berry comes up for contract. I, I, I really believe, Bob, the next kind of paradigm shift is we'll see more jams focusing on what and a lot of the guys are doing it already. It just hasn't borne itself out in examples. But you're going to see more focus on moving players that you know you like, but you're seeing that their pay is going to areas that you don't want to be, and guys are going to be more ahead of it, in hmm. my opinion. Hmm. So, so Tyson Berry, excellent player, played tremendous for Colorado last year in the playoffs, showed a whole other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Level to his game, Colorado Avalanche did not want to pay him $78 million. Right. So now they have a cost-controlled second-line center at $4.5 million bucks. It's been a 30-goal scorer in this league and plays with some bite and is the perfect guy to sort of support Nate McKinnon's line. I mean, it's a pretty good situation. And they're not done yet. I mean, they've got some problems. Obviously, they got to get Ranton and signed. They have a team budget. They're not a team that plays to the cap. But I don't think it can be debated. They're in a pretty good situation moving forward here. Assuming that there's no stagnation with any of the development of some of their younger defensemen, like a Kale McCarr, uh, obviously, who was great in the playoffs. Arizona, you've kept your eye on the Coyotes. Uh, suddenly... A team that's receiving twenty to twenty-five million dollars a year in, uh, uh, you know, revenue sharing is right up there near the top of the cap in the National Hockey League right now. But uh, they stepped up too. I wasn't big on the uh, the deal they made with the Avalanche, but it's hard to argue adding a guy like Phil Kessel, isn't it? 
it certainly is. Um, when I look at their full body of work for me, though, Bob, it's 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 a lot of activity. I don't know if it's a lot of productivity yet. We'll okay. see. We will see this year. I'm skeptical. Um, that doesn't mean I'm right, but I, you know, when you ask me my opinion, I tend to give it to you, and and that's kind of how I feel about that one. They did go out and make some moves, of course, Kessel um, as the big one, and it's got to help them score goals. Um, but I don't know if they're quite there yet. They're a team to me that. As I go through this time of year, I start to sit down and just go through rosters and do some projecting on who's going to take a step forward, stay the same, or move backwards. I think they had 86 points. I went over this the other day on the beach. Yeah. And uh, they were a team that I had earmarked as a possibility to take a step backwards. Really? Even with the moose. Yeah. But, you know, all your listeners will they'll be sure and remind me of that statement next year if I'm wrong. All right. Uh, I very well could be, but that's so, the way I feel about that one. So you were the guy that told us to keep an eye on uh, Dave Tippett and the Edmonton Oilers, and you were, uh, were ultimately right. Uh, the Oilers were very quiet. Uh, some would say prudent. Some would say hamstrung from the previous regime uh, that Ken Hall and the situation that he's inherited. Um, so when you're sitting on the beach and you're looking at the Edmonton Oilers, are they a team that can close the gap to be in the playoff hunt this year, in your opinion? They can. I would say your first two statements are both correct. Quiet and prudent, hamstrung, add it all together. Um, you know, Ken Holland knows what he's doing. The people, the people's team in Edmonton is in good hands, but you're not going to snap your fingers or wave a magic wand and correct some of the past mistakes instantly. It just doesn't work that way. And I know no one wants to hear that in Edmonton, right. but that is the reality of the situation. The good news is that you know they have very meticulously tried to target uh, younger, cheaper, however you want to say it. Some of the European players they're signing are not necessarily that young, but they are guys that when I look at them and evaluate them, I do believe they're better players than what they had. That's going to give them a chance to compete for a playoff spot next year. Uh, I think that as badly as Ken Holland would probably love to make a splash and supersize, energize this thing immediately, I don't believe there's any general manager in the National Hockey League that could have done that because the solutions are not there with how hamstrung the club is. Yeah. It is going to be a function of time. He could have absorbed a lot more risk um, and had the possibility of maybe accelerating things, but the ultimate reward I just don't think would have made very good sense, and I don't believe anybody that knows what they're doing would have done that. I, I think he's been very prudent in the way he's proceeded. I think he's been very sly about it. Uh, I think he's going to continue to make changes. Um, you know, what those are going to be, I'm sure he's, you know, there's really no solution in terms of Milan Lucic right. other than kind of lateral moves. I'm sure those are things that uh, him and his staff would be looking at. And, uh, you know, time will tell whether or not they can get anything done there, uh, whether they can maybe shake up their decor, if that's a goal, whether or not they can continue to add 
you know, another piece or two here or there that could help them up front. Um, they've done a lot of work on improving the depth. Right now, you're going to need some really great coaching from Dave Tippett and some of these guys to work out, you know, to their maximum potential in order for them to be a playoff team. It is certainly possible. It is not an easy road, though. Well, uh, you just look, look no further, Brian, than the Islanders last year. Like, uh, you know, I was with Gil Scott the night he consummated that deal for Barry Trotz and, and the, the Islanders, and I sure didn't think the worst defensive team in the NHL would turn around a year later and be the best defensive team, especially given that they'd lost John Tavares, their best player. Uh, but they they committed to what they had, and uh, they played defense. Um, to be frank with you, the Oilers don't have to have as substantive of a turnaround as the Islanders did to make the playoffs. But So it can't happen because the Islanders did it, and nobody saw that happening with Thomas Grice and Robin Lehner at that time in between the pipes. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on Mike Smith being there to compliment Miko Koskinen. Uh, because Smith has spent the last several years basically being a number one goaltender until last year in Calgary. Yeah, and I had Mike in Tampa. He was a goalie for us. I, I love Mike Smith personally. I think he's one of a dying breed in terms of strong characters, particularly from your goaltender in the room. I think that's something that's going to help. I think the connection with Dave Tippett is very strong there. Mike, of course, played excellent for Tipp in Arizona. And uh, I think it's a really smart move. The term was right. The dollars were right. Not really sure long-term what the plan is for Edmonton goaltending-wise, but as we're seeing with a lot of clubs clubs right now, you don't need to spend tons of money. No disrespect right. to Florida, signing Bobrovsky, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think this was a very smart course of action for Edmonton. I think Mike Smith will add a lot next year. Um, at 37, you know, you're not expecting miracles. I wouldn't expect them to play more than 40 to 45 games. That would probably be the targeted range, although it could be less. Um, but he is certainly capable of making a huge difference for this team next year. And you can't say that about a lot of 37-year-old goaltenders, particularly that signed for a couple million bucks. I know he's got a bunch of performance bonuses as well, but really, really smart move in my opinion. One final one for you. You started with the Beauty League. Let's end by talking about a beauty who's no longer going to be skating in the Beauty Leagues, or maybe he is. Matt Hendricks has uh, retired. Uh, I know he skated in that league in the past. Is there has there been a guy who's appreciated more the privilege of being a hockey player than Matt Hendricks? No, I don't think so. And I think one thing that's really never talked about was the loss for the Oilers when they didn't bring Matty back. It, everybody could see where the play was at, but uh, it was understated in terms of the value yeah. that he brought to the room. He was kind of a guy that wouldn't be afraid to, uh, you know, look some other players in the eye and tell them, no, that's not the way we're doing it. We're going to do it the right way. And I think that hurt the club a little bit. You know, just the loss of that character. I think Connor McDavid's amazing. I think Leon Dreisaitl's amazing. I think they're young leaders in training, as great as they are as players. Yep. And the loss of a guy like Matt Hendricks and the character, um, you know, that's something. I, I'm friends with Dave Tippett. He's fully aware of those types of things. Uh, Dave Tippett, by the way, equally as good a coach as Barry Trotz. 
it's going to be a challenge for him this year. But, uh, yes, I, I like Matt Hendricks. He's going to do great. He's going to do some development work for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Hendy was a guy I represented a long time ago when he was in college at St. Cloud State. So very high on him. And, uh, you know, Dave Tippett, he's going to have to find some other Matt Hendricks-type guys to fill that uh, void that hasn't really been replaced, in my opinion, by Edmonton yet. Brian, we appreciate your honesty and your time. Uh, enjoy the time uh, out in uh, where, out near Min- is it Lake Minnetonka? Lake Minnetonka is very close to where I live. Yes, Bob. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll be. Uh, I feel like I should know somewhere in Edmonton now to say, but the you know, I can't think of any great parts of uh, Edmonton that I know super well. Uh, for a guy like me that's older. It was always all about, uh, what was the hotel we stayed at across the street from the Coliseums, the Forum or Oh, something? did you guys stay at the Forum back then? <laughs> wow. Yes, we you played did. for some cheap organizations, <laughs> let me tell you. There you have it. The well, game has changed. They had a special establishment in the basement of that place, as I recall. Not that I've been in any of those type of places, because uh, my wife's listening for at least the last 20-plus years. Thanks, Brian. I always felt that was odd when you bring that into the equation. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Uh, That's Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Uh, 12.56 in Edmonton. Every guy over the age of 40 in Edmonton knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. He texts us at 6.36. They stayed at the four men, really? They didn't stay at, uh, like, the Mac back then or the Weston? Wow. Or soon to be the JW Marriott. Opening up shortly. Off to a uh, global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, and then we're going to come back with you on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.